This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Book the Pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, which means it's a podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us for all of your favorite podcast platforms, especially Overcast. Well, it's a good thing that we talk about the 2018 Stanley Cup champions because it's going to be a very long time until the Capitals hoist the Stanley Cup with the way things are going here in D.C. This is rough. This is bad. Um, Coach Dan's usually Coming the one out firing. <laughs> Coach Dan's usually the one that's all negative about the team. I'm here though. True. That's I, well, no, no. That's that's like that's fairly that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So joining me as always to talk all about it. Hopefully he can talk me off the ledge. Coach Dan, what's going on, man? Is it as uh, as bleak? to you as it is to me right now because man that avalanche game that i I had to turn that one off that one was rough i see it's not bleak to me because i feel like we went into this season with the expectations that they were going to be okay and that's kind of what this team is no but the thing is they are like they're an okay team they're not the worst like statistically if they're if you look at the standings they're not the worst yeah they're in where are the standings they are I have too many tabs open when we record this show. Uh, they're sixth in the division out of eight teams, but they're only six points out of third or seven points out of second. So, like, yeah, they're behind them, but not by a lot. And so it's not the end. Like, it's very easy. They could go on a run and catch up. And it doesn't have to be a good run. Like, they go and win three games in a row, four games in a row, and the other teams, you know, lose a couple, then they're fine. So it's it's not the end of the world in terms of how they're playing right now. But I think we do to an extent need to temper our expectations. Like this is not a team that's going to go and win the cup. Even if they make the playoffs, like I don't think that was the expectation. Maybe the playoffs were the expectation, but I don't think we could look at this team and go, yeah, they're going to make a run. I don't think they're as bad as all the prognosticators thought at the beginning of the season when they were ranked, like what were they getting at? Like, between 25th and 32nd in the league. Everyone was just like, they got an older core, young guys they don't know about, a new head coach. Like, there were so many question marks about this team that they were just like, they're not going to be any good. And they're like, they're okay. Like, the lack of goal scoring is what's concerning for me. Where they are in the standings, I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But do we want them to go on a run? Do we want them to make the playoffs? Because, I mean, if you're if you're asking me with the way things are going, like you said, there's an aging core. It, it, it's got a, a, a time stamp on it of when this is going to end. Do you want this team to kind of tank, get better draft picks, trade away some, some high-priced players, get some extra draft picks, get some prospects that you hope will work out? I mean – do you want this team to make the playoffs? Because obviously they're not going to win anything once they get there. The reality is anything can happen in the playoffs. We remember the years where the Caps got in and they knocked out the defending champion Bruins. Sure. When they probably should have gotten, not swept, but they, they shouldn't have won that series. Like there were, LA came in as, I think it was LA came in as the eighth seed. Once or twice it went on to win the cup. So like when you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. Yeah, the 2018 a 2018 team was not supposed to win that year. No, they, they were not the best team 
that had ever gotten in the playoffs in the Ovechkin era in terms of skill set. But they were the right team. They played the right way. They had the determination that year. And they did enough to win in those playoffs. Everybody came together and did what they needed to do. And that's not to say that they didn't in the past. But it just didn't work out in the past. This team this year is okay. I, I think the Colorado game is freaking everybody out because it was like they got whooped. But they actually played really well in the first period. But again, this team can't score a freaking goal. Then they got blown out. But let's not kid ourselves. This is a good Colorado team. Like a lot of teams, they struggled at the beginning of the season. But there is a reason that they're fourth in terms of actually tied for third in terms of points in the entirety that is the National Hockey League right now. Like they weren't going up against Columbus. Colorado is a good team. They, they not last year, but the year before they won the cup. This is not a bad team that they got beat by. And when the first period, they stuck with them. This is also an aging core, an older team to some extent, or a young team in the second game, traveling back to back. Well, you see, that's the thing. I, I don't, th I think that the Colorado avalanche game was like the icing on the cake. I said it last week or or two shows ago about the back-to-back -back Rangers series, and I was like, that that's really going to tell us who this team is. It's going to be make or break for the season. Now I think that it may have been this road trip that was make or break for this season, and it definitely broke them in my eyes. But look at the last home game they had against the St. Louis Blues on the 18th. They had 5-2. to two. So we're like, okay, maybe they turn things around. They look really good. People are scoring goals. That's awesome. Next game comes out against the same exact team that they faced on the 18th, and they can't score a goal to save their lives. It was a loss. It was 3-0. Couldn't do anything. Then they lose to Minnesota, a team that's kind of been up and down. Then they lose embarrassingly to the Colorado Avalanche 6-2. to two. I mean, this is a string of, of bad games. This is a bad road trip. And you've got one game left, then you're on a week break, and uh, any sort of routine that you were in is completely out the door. But this is three losses in a row. I mean, with one game left, as much as I would like for that to be a win, with the way things are going, you have to assume that's going to be a loss. And even if it is, it's not the end of the season. Like, it's the end of January. And sometimes that is the case. But right now, they are three points out of the last no i'm sorry yeah three points out of the last playoff spot detroit right now is 53 points with one extra game played caps are sitting at 50 so the season's not over what we would like to have seen is some progression the goal scoring to get better we're not seeing it what we'd like to see is them to play a little bit more consistency with a little bit more consistency, I think grammatically is how I should have put that sentence. We're not seeing it. Well, we as fans are not seeing it, but is that on the consistency? Is that on the players or is that on the coaching staff? Like I know it's Spencer Carberry. He's a brand new guy. He's a brand new head coach, the NHL. We're giving him uh, a, a lot of leeway because this is his first time as a head coach, but we saw this before. He's constantly changing the lines. He's constantly looking for a combination that works. I mean, look at Ethan Bear. Ethan Bear, who was supposed to be like, oh, this guy's going to come in. He's going to right the ship. He was scratched. They scratched him. They had him sit. Bear you know? wasn't going to come in and be the savior. The guy's not Mike Green circa 2008. 
or nine or whenever it was. But was, was there a hope that he was going to be? No, no, no. no. To be Mike Green, no. There no? was hope that he was going to be a veteran guy who knows the system. The guy's a second, third pairing defenseman. Like he's, a, I think second would be ideal. Like he's not going to come in and, and light it up necessarily. Like we're not bringing in the second coming of Mike Green or currently Kale McCarr as we just saw him in Colorado or, or any of these young defensemen or, you know, guys that are, he's not going to be a world beater. He's a good defenseman. And that's what you need. You don't need necessarily all of your dues to be world beaters. Colorado's loaded. Like take them out of it. Take that game out to an extent, right? They're a very good team. They have a lot of good players. This team right now is just okay. They have some problems as just okay teams do. They have some weird problems, but it's also hard to be in a team that is just okay when you have a guy like Alex Ovechkin on the roster. Like if this team was playing as they are, if they're sitting at this point in the season, three points out of a playoff spot. See, the problem is they suck, but so does everybody else. If they're three points out of a playoff spot, but you don't have Ovechkin on the roster, are we talking about this team the same way? I don't think so. And I, and I think, think part of the problem is that he's got only eight goals in the season. Yes. Like, that's definitely an issue for this team. But, and we were talking about this shortly before the show, and I've been thinking about this recently. If you look at this team on paper, how many goal scorers do they have? Like, Dylan Strom having 18 goals right now makes absolutely no sense. I love it. I think it's great. But What? Is happening that he's got 18 goals or who's going to come into the season and say that Ovechkin would have 21 assists at this point, 21 goals, maybe, but not assists. Like he's, he's a, he's a really good passer, but he was never the guy. He was the guy that he's getting passes fed too. And it's interesting because they were talking about this on caps this morning. It was either yesterday or today that yeah, Ovechkin's, you know, he's like, he's getting older. So he's likely lost a little bit of a step, but he's still got a heck of a shot. He's still a relatively quick and fast guy out there on the ice. But the reality is they don't have the number of goal scores that they've had in the past. So it's easier for teams to mark him on the power play or in general. And he's not gelling with Kuznetsov. And given that Carberry likes the lineup on the second, third, and fourth line, even though he shifts him around a bit, those lines have been working for the most part. So now the only guy left to center him is Kuznetsov, who he doesn't work well with. So it's just like... <sighs> They need to find a center for Kuznet, uh, for Ovechkin that he can gel with. The problem is I don't see their ability to trade Yevgeny Kuznetsov during the season. So they're kind of screwed in that regard. And that brings up uh, a really good point, a really good segue there, Coach. It's like you knew where I was going with this. You're so, welcome. So we can't really blame Spencer Carberry for this because he is doing the best with what he has been dealt. Can you blame Brian McClellan for this? Can you blame him for the team that has been um, established and the length of contracts and how much they're paying certain players, because that's a lot of money tied up with uh, Yevgeny Kuznetsov. It's a lot of money tied up with Nick Backstrom. Now I know he's on long-term uh, injury reserve and, and that 9 million kind of becomes play money, but for a good year, two years, uh, we couldn't do anything because Nick Backstrom potentially was coming back. Now it looks like he's not going to be, and you can kind of do some things next year, but is you know Ted Leonsis does not like to lose, and uh, he he is he's a he's a vain guy in that way. But uh, is there a chance that you know Brian McClellan 
could be on the hot seat right now because if let's just say hypothetically, and it looks like this might be the case, but if the Capitals don't make the playoffs for a second year in a row and you've only got three years of Ovechkin left, I mean, Uncle Teddy is not going to let that fly. And you can't blame the guy that just got here. So is Brian McClellan potentially on the hot seat? See, I think the playoffs would be nice. I think the goal for this team, and whether that should be the case or not, is certainly debatable. I think the goal for this team right now is to get Ovechkin past Gretzky. They're doing I think really if, bad at that if that's the case. Yeah, well, it's not going great. But I wonder... Like, I was thinking about this today on my drive home from work. I was wondering if Ovechkin is not Ovechkin in the sense of chasing Gretzky. Mm -hmm. Like, everything else is the same. He's a very good player. Like, the Bruins moved on from Zdeno Chara, and he kept playing in the league. We like, had. where would this... Yeah. Like, where would this team be at if Ovechkin wasn't on the roster? If they decided, you know what? We're going to completely reboot this thing. If he... I have... I mean, I don't think it would be a shock to anybody, but I think if he wasn't chasing Gretzky... Like, let's say he already had the record, or he was nowhere near it. I don't think he's on the roster anymore because I think they would have traded the older guys away and rebooted this thing or massively retooled it. I think going into this past offseason, yeah, it would have been beneficial if Backstrom had decided not to play then because they could have used the extra cap space to bring someone in. But remember, this team was up against the cap before he decided to step away. And it's harder to sign a really good free agent goal scorer right now because they're all earned in the contract. You might be able to trade for one. They have the cap space now to do it with Backstrom out, even though it's interesting that he's on the road trip. I'm sure it's nice to have him in the locker room, but I don't think this is a sign he's going to be playing again. So now they have to look at the trade route to bring in a guy who's a goal scorer. But I go back to, find me a goal scorer on this team. You have Ovechkin, who's only got eight on the season. He can't find a center to play with. You've got TJ Yoshi, out most of the year, though he went back to Minnesota to hang out with his chiropractor. Apparently that helped. He's got, what, four goals in his last five games, though, one of those was games was a hat trick, but he's certainly playing better. Pacioretty's out for most of the year. Is Wilson a goal scorer? Kind of like, yes, he can score goals, but he's not a guy that like, you're going to look at and be like, that's my guy to score a goal. Let me, let me find it real quick. Uh, the like, Ian who else from, though? Ian Manta from hasn't Machine. been doing it until this season. That's true. Ian from Russian machine posted something. The Capitals NHL all-star Tom Wilson has two points in the last 16 games. So, no, I don't think that Tom Wilson is the is a goal scorer like we're looking for. But that's my point. And we know this team has been looking for almost two years now, a year and a half, for a goal-scoring winger. Milano, you thought might be able to kind of come in and contribute, but is he going to be a goal scorer? Like, who's going to come in and put in 20 goals, 25, 30 goals a season besides Ovechkin? Well, not this season. I, is there anyone else? There's too many of these young guys we just don't know about yet, and I don't really see any of the guys, the young guys on the roster right now in their career putting in 25 to 30 goals. Maybe McMichael at some point. Alexi Protis, who they just signed to a new five-year deal, locked him up. Five years, 16.875 million, 3.375 cap hit. Love that deal. Little surprise how high the cap hit is, but I think that'll work out nicely for them in the end, especially considering he's only 23. So they have him locked up until he's really getting into the prime of his career. Do they have any goal scorers? Like maybe there is a reason that they're a negative 30 in terms of goal differential and they're not really scoring five on five. What would Ovechkin's season be like if they had a center that he gelled with that worked better for him? 
because it's not Yevgeny Kuznetsov. Carberry's come out and said it, not in the same words, but that's just not working, the two of them together. So what are they going to do? And what do you do with Kuznetsov? They like the second line of Pacioretty, Strom, and Oshie. They like the third line, Protus, McMichael, and Mantha. And they like the fourth line. I say they. I'm talking about Carberry. Of Malinston, Dowd, and Albe Kubel. So you're stuck, for lack of a better term, with Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Wilson. But if Kuznetsov isn't working out, you have to bring someone else in unless you want to mess with the other lines. But you can't because he costs so much freaking money. And if he's not doing well, no one's going to want to get anything for him. And you're not going to get a top line center for him at this point. So you're screwed either way. So now do you just ride out the season and hope that Ovechkin can take on Grant? I mean, now it's going to take, it's not next season, likely that he's catching him. It's the year after. So now we're looking so at a 30, a 40-year-old Ovechkin trying to catch Gretzky. Do you think that this makes the Capitals sellers at the trade deadline coming up? I think it's the beginning of March. Uh, does that make them, you know, are, are they going to shop around Yevgeny Kuznetsov to try to get something in return? I think the only reason you trade Kuznetsov is if you think what you're going to get is as good as you'll get in the summer. If you think, which I don't think is the case. I think you get something better in the summer because teams are really looking at their rosters versus just looking at retooling or rebuilding or beginning your rebuild or making that run to the playoffs. Now, Kuznetsov only has one year left on his deal. So if you're a team that's making a push for the playoffs and you think you're going to have the cap space and you really think he can help you out, then yeah, maybe you make that move. Are the cap sellers? In my mind, I don't think they should be buyers unless they're buying a guy that's in you know mid-20s. I don't want to, you know, if they were tearing it up and they just, you know, one more goal score, one more playmaker. If they had a bunch of goal scores, that's really going to help him out. And he's 31 with like one year left on his deal or he's at, you know, yeah, sure. Let's make that happen. If they could be buyers and go out and get a guy that's like Strom's age, 26. Although Strom turns 27 in March, but a guy that's, you know, 25, 26, 27, he's a winger or a first line, first line center potential to play with a veteran. Sure. I'll buy that. I'll go get that. But if you're sellers, who are they selling besides like Nick Dowd? Like I Oshi, maybe, but I don't think if I'm another team knowing he has another year left on his deal and his recent injury history, I'm not giving up much for that. And is like a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick worth getting rid of TJ Oshi. No, not really. Not in my opinion. Not with what he brings to this team on and off the ice. Right now, I would look at selling Kuznetsov, Pacioretty, and I'm I'm not saying I want to do these things. I'm saying if we're you know quote unquote sellers, and I say Pacioretty because he's a free agent after the season, he's older. Who knows what they want to do with him? You know, Dowd only because I think a guy like that, you know, he's turns 34 in May, might be worth. I think teams will give you more for him. And I think it might be time to look a little bit younger. And maybe some of your defensemen, Jensen, Van Riemsdyk, and Edmondson, for me, can all be you know sold. Not all, because you don't have enough defensemen to replace them unless you're bringing someone else in, like they brought in Sandine last year. And Kemper, but I don't think anyone's going to take him. And not because I want to get rid of Darcy Kemper. We're just, I'm throwing out names in terms of guys that I think would make sense to trade. Like, I wouldn't trade Lindgren. 
Even though I don't think he's the future, I don't think Kemper's the future when this team is really, like, flying again. So they have a couple of guys, but, like, sellers, sure. But none of the guys they're selling outside of doubt, I think, really are, like, pushing them to be better right now. Like, I think it'd be more of a lateral move, depending on the returns, of course. But, like, I think it'd be more of a lateral move versus, like, selling. Like, last year they sold. Like, we're going to give you guys that are that are good because we're not together. <laughs> and that was just the reality of it, right? So they moved on from it. I think doubt is the one that would hurt the most because he's doing really well for this team and they like those three guys together on the fourth line. But I also think you need to look at getting younger there. I don't think LaPierre is necessarily the answer because he's not like a grinded out dude. You want him scoring goals and, and putting up assists. So I don't know who necessarily takes that spot. Malliston, I think, actually played center. Maybe he takes that spot. But I think he used to play center. Uh, well, speak, or, speaking of uh, speaking of getting younger, the Capitals actually did sign a player to a big uh, a big deal, a five year deal deal with uh, Alex Protis. So I talked about that. I was talking about that a few minutes ago in terms of like locking up some of your young guys because he was one that he was out of contract. Like I wouldn't be surprised if we get one from McMichael or not one, but like an announcement. I mean, <laughs> for Malinston and McMichael because they're going to need ones too. After the season, like Mantha's unrestricted, Pacioretty's unrestricted, Abe Kubel is unrestricted. I wouldn't be shocked, actually, if they signed Abe Kubel to a new deal. I wouldn't necessarily go much higher than he's getting right now at 1.225 just because you're going to want to look around at, at making odds are if you trade Kuznetsov, you're bringing in someone who's also going to cost you a lot of money. So not knowing this was going to happen with Backstrom and that money, you know, you don't want to go too high. And he's a fourth liner. You know, you got to spread your money out appropriately based on the lines. Edmondson's a UFA. I would imagine he's gone if they don't trade him. You got to resign Sandine. He's going to cost you a little bit more. So, you know, there's a couple other guys I think will need new deals, but I like that they're signing these young guys. Like McMichael needs to be resigned. I'll bake Bell, maybe. Malinston, Sandine are the guys for me, like young guys that need new deals. And I think that's the right move for this team right now. They need to get younger, not older. But none of these guys are goal scorers. And that's what this team needs right now. Like they need to find. A center that's going to light Ovechkin up so he can start scoring some goals. And they're still looking for that top six winger. That's a goal scorer. How long do we have to wait for Ryan Leonard to get here? I don't think he's a goal. He's a Tom Wilson type. Like, he's not like a so. goal scorer. I think he'll score goals like Wilson does. Like, when I think of goal scorer, at least with the cap, I'm thinking Ovechkin, Oshie. Like, they're, and because they talked to Corey Massasak, who used to cover the caps here for the Washington Times, I want to say. They were talking to him because he covers the the abs now out in Colorado, but he was talking about like Alexander Semin, like that dude was a goal scorer. He ain't do much else, but he put the puck in the net. So that's what this team is. I think looking for They're looking for someone who's going to put the puck in the net because they don't have a lot of dudes on the team right now that aren't named Dylan Strom. I don't know. Ryan Leonard. Uh, I mean, yes, he's a, a Tom Wilson type, but he got a goal in the uh, the gold medal game against Sweden for the World Juniors, and then he also got the gold winning goal in the uh, the U eighteen tournament for Team USA last year. So, I mean, at opportune times, this guy can score some goals. But again, that's juniors and and collegiate level is where he's at right now. So, I mean, we'll see what happens down the road. But uh, what else should we cover here in Caps World? I feel. Like I feel like we went through all the notes like during my rant. I kept like touching on the different things that we talked about. I mean, honestly, well, I mean, there's kind of two things. One, I think it's safe to say that Charlie Lindgren is now the team's number one. Like I kept fighting actually saying that 
-hmm. and admitting to it. Not that my like admitting to it makes a difference either way, but he's getting the workload now. And I think that's good. And I think that might be part of uh, probably not, but maybe it's part of them being like, look, let's see what we got with this guy. So we can go into the summer knowing what we want to do with, with Darcy Kemper. Because I think if you're the capitals and you're not a playoff team, you might want to get out from under that contract and be like, look, we, we appreciate everything you did for us for a season or two, season and a half, whatever it is, depending on if they trade them or when, but Lindgren's playing just as well, if not better, he's cost us less. We got Hunter Shepard in the minors. Who's not the guy for the future, but probably could be a good backup. And then we've got this guy in the minors, Clay Stevenson, who might be the guy for the future. And we want to see what we got with him potentially. So I'm not, I don't know. I, I, you know, I feel like Lindgren's probably, they look at him right now as their number one, but I also think it's kind of fluid. Like if he goes through a bad spell, Kemper could easily go back to being the team's number one. Well, all right. So let me ask you this then. So there is one game before the week long break in the all-star game. There's one game left in Yo, Dallas. This team needs a break. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> there, right this, now. <laughs> this last game is against the stars. It's in Dallas. It's in Texas. Uh, who are you going to put in net? Are you going to put Charlie Lindgren in, who you're saying is now the number one, or are you going to put Darcy Kemper in and say, like, look, you need the work and and show us what you got? I'm going with Kemper. It's his turn. And I don't think it hurts to necessarily see if he can kind of showcase himself in case another team's like, you know what? Maybe he's going to be a better guy than what we have right now. There might be a team out there that needs a goalie that they might be like, you know what? This might be the guy for us. So, I don't know. Uh, I would go with Kemper. Which means they'll probably go with Lingard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would right, be shocked. So but... Is that it for Caps World? Uh, I mean, the last thing. No, we kind of. I mean, the other thing I was talking about was like Kuznetsov. And like, what are they going to do with him? He gets demoted I mean, to the we fourth line. <laughs> they play, I, I know. We put him on the wing. He's not gelling with Ovechkin, but there's no one else to play with him. But he's probably not going to be traded this season. Like, what the heck are they going to do with this dude? And, like, who are they going to bring in? Because you're not going to get a first-line center for him, so you're probably going to have to sign one in the offseason, and that's going to cost you a whole lot. I don't know, man. That is a tricky one. Like, do you trade him for a winger that you can put on the second line and then have to sign a center or trade someone else for the center? I don't think it's McMichael. Not yet. It could be Strom, but they like what they got. I don't know. This lineup's just weird, right? Well, it is and it isn't. Like, I like every line but the first line. It's just weird, man. I don't know. I think by this time next year, you know, after we get done with the uh, the Nick Baxter money, like, I, I, I want to say Brian McClellan gets one more offseason. And if with this extra $9 million, if he doesn't sign somebody and it doesn't click well the beginning of next year in October, November, December, I can see Ted Leonsis going, all right, you had your shot. It's time to move on. We're going we're going a different direction. I, I'm going to I'm going to say that I, Ted Ted might be saying you've had your shots and we need to move on. And now I, I would also not be surprised if that happened tomorrow. But I don't know. I think given that you've got nine million to play with next next off season, that might be, yeah, that might be the opportunity to to move on if it doesn't work out at that point. But see, that depends. I feel like I feel like that depends on his marching orders for this season. Like, where's marching orders to win? 
And let's not be unrealistic about this. Not every team's marching orders are to win. If you're a rebuilding team, your marching orders are to to pick up as much, as many uh, prospects and resources that you can. Kind of like what the Caps did in their fire sale back in, what was it, 2003, 2002, 2003, something like that, 2003, 2004. Um, when they basically were just like, get rid of everybody that's a veteran. We're going to go young. We're going to go crazy and reboot this thing. And they had so many young guys. They're like, all right, let's see what sticks. You know, Kleppish, nope. Fleischman, nope. Like, for a while. And draft a bunch of young guys and see what works and completely rebuild this team. The, that was not the expectations for McClellan. But it also wasn't to go out and win the cup. I don't think so. I think the marching orders are for him is do what they have to do to get Ovechkin past Gretzky. And, you know, it's easier if you win along the way because that means he's probably scoring goals. But they also were kind of hamstrung. I don't think he's on the hot seat. Not yet. You know, I think it depends on what his marching orders are. That's why I think we're not hearing a lot of conversations about Carberry. Like the Islanders, who are ahead of the Caps in the standings right now, given it's only by a point, but they're ahead of them right now. They just, they, I mean, we're going to talk about this. They brought in a new head coach because they have a different level of expectations. They're expecting to compete for the playoffs and be in the playoffs. I don't know if that's quite the same expectation for the Caps. Now, I don't think they're going to come out and say that. It's not like before when, the, you know, Leonsis came out and said, look, we're going to rebuild this thing. But that was obvious when they traded everyone away. I think they are what we're seeing. They're an okay team that's kind of coming to the end of, of the young gun era. Or at least those guys from the young gun era. And I really think if Ovechkin wasn't chasing the record or already passed it, he wouldn't be on the roster anymore. Or it wouldn't be the same roster. Like, I think a bunch of these older guys would have been, I think, if they kept, probably, you know what? I'll take back what I said before. They probably would have hung on to Ovechkin, but I think Oshie would have been gone. I think a bunch of, I don't think they would have signed Pacioretty. I don't think they would have made the trade for Edmondson. Like, I think they would have gone full rebuild with Ovechkin around if he wanted to stay. It would have been up to him. Do you want to go fight for another cup? Because we got to reboot this thing. So Boston kind of did. I mean, the Bruins are always good. They just kind of retool. But to be fair, their guys are still kind of, they still have, they consistently are plugging in these like good players. Right? The Caps are not in that same boat. Not every team can do that. And so they probably should have rebooted this thing a year or two ago. But when you have a generational talent like that, who's so close to an amazing opportunity, a record, you have to keep pushing for it. So like, it's almost like the record is great for him and the team on the outside, but on terms of on ice product, not so much. I don't know. That's probably not even true. I mean, it could be better, but I don't know. We'll, I think a big thing is going to come down to the summer and who they pick up to to push him to get back towards scoring goals. Because I think now they'll have cap space to play with. Right now, according to Cap Friendly, they'll have... Th nope, wrong thing. They're projected to have... Does that only say $10 million? That can't be right. Am I looking at the right year? Well, let's see. I could have that wrong. But I think they're going to have a ton of money to play with. Especially considering I think the salary cap is going to be going up. So I'm curious to see what they do this offseason and what moves they make, especially if they move out a couple of guys that are a little more expensive. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It will be interesting, and we'll be covering it as much as we can coming up. But, uh, man, these, these last couple games have been hard to watch. I will tell you that. But 
Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back and we'll be talking about the Bears and the Stingrays. But until then, here's a quick word from some of our sponsors. everybody here we go we're going down on the farm we are talking hershey bears and south carolina stingrays coach dan what's going on down on the farm on the past week hershey went three and oh with wins right. over hartford wilkesbury scranton and springfield brandon's rocking the jersey the bears right. are currently first in the atlantic division and the entirety that is the ahl with 66 points 15 up on second place Providence in the division and 14 up on Cleveland for the league. In some Bears news, rookie goalie Clay Stevenson broke the franchise record for the most rookie shutouts with his sixth this past Saturday. He is definitely one to watch for the future. I think this is the guy, or he's going to get the opportunity to be the guy in the next year or two, depending, of course, on what happens with Lindgren and Kemper. But if I have this right, he's only 24. He turns 25 in March. You're looking at him coming really into the prime opportunities here. Sometimes goalies take a little longer to really come into their own, but he could be, you know, the team's goalie for five, six, seven, ten 10 years, potentially, or give them an opportunity to kind of, you know, hang on to him for a bit and see what else they got. And they have some other guys, you know, that they can draft or guys coming up in the system. So he's one to keep an eye on for the future. Now, the Bears will be back at it on Saturday in Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, before hosting Toronto at the Giants Center on Sunday. Down in South Carolina, the Stingrays went 2-1 and one with wins over Atlanta and Orlando. They're currently fifth in the South Division with 44 points, one point back of second place Orlando. They'll be back at it with three games at the North Charleston Coliseum over the weekend, starting on Friday with all of these games being against Wichita. I hope right. no one gets mad at each other in the first game because that's going to be super awkward on Saturday and <laughs> Sunday. Now, some interesting connections to the ECHL and uh, some news as the Caps and the Avs game, where the Avs certainly came away with a win. It was history-making for, I think, was it the NHL or the South Carolina Stingrays? Both, probably. For the, for the first time ever, two former Stingrays faced off as NHL head coaches with Jared Bednar and Sparser, uh, uh, Sparser, Spencer Carberry, Sparser Carberry, <laughs> they won a Kelly Cup together back in 2009 when Bednar was head coach and Carberry was an assistant captain on the team. In fact, Carberry gives Bednar a lot of credit in terms of him continuing to play hockey and then becoming a coach. And that I believe he said if it wasn't for Jared Bednar, Carberry wouldn't be coaching in the NHL right now because he wouldn't That's have gone down that route. Yeah, that's what's going on down on the farm. All right. Yeah, like Coach Dan said, I'm wearing my Hershey Bears jersey. I, I'm guessing after listening to Coach Dan, I got to go to a Bears game to see this Clay Stevenson kid before he hits the big leagues. But uh, go Bears. Go Stingrays. Now we're going to take another break, and then we'll be back with Around the NHL and Beyond.
right, everybody, here we go. We're going around the NHL and beyond. There's a lot going on in the world of hockey, so Coach Dan is going to catch us up. What's going on around the NHL and beyond? Well, let's start on Long Island, where the Islanders fired Lane Lambert, formerly of the Washington Capitals as an assistant coach under Barry Trotz. Now, in a somewhat surprising move, they hired former NHL great and former Colorado Avalanche coach Patrick Waugh. The crazy man who tried to kill Bruce Boudreaux is back in the NHL. After being cut by Chicago earlier in the season, Corey Perry signed for the remainder of this season with Edmonton. Chicago signed goalie Peter Mrazek to a two-year $8.5 million extension cap. It comes to $4.25 million. Florida's Will Lockwood was suspended for three games for goaltender interference against Minnesota's Mark Andre Fleury. I imagine that was some serious goaltender interference. <laughs> I have not seen it, but like hitting the goal, you got three games, like you had to light him up. Yeah. Seattle's Yanni Gord was suspended for two games for charging Edmonton's Matias Ekholm. I actually forgot he was not in Nashville anymore. Ekholm. Mm. I read that and I was like, wait, he's in Edmonton now? Oh, yeah. Totally forgot about that. Toronto's Connor Timmins was fined almost three grand for cross-checking Seattle's Brandon Tanev. Now, in some interesting news, there is a group in Utah that are making a push to bring the NHL to Salt Lake City. Smith Entertainment Group, which is the company that owns the NBA's Utah Jazz, have requested that the NHL initiate the expansion process. Is there like a website you just like enter your information into if you want the NHL to like, like, oh, NHL.com slash expansion process. And then you go in and you're like, Baltimore, Maryland, did uh, coach Dan as the owner. Like, I, I don't know. Where's the money coming from? Don't know. <laughs> I don't understand how that works. I guess they call them up and be like, hey, we want a team. Like, Give us. So the NHL actually came out with their own statement appreciating the interest from the Smith Entertainment Group. Entertainment? Entertainment Group? I think I wrote the notes wrong. And that they've been talking with them apparently for the last like two years. So it seems like this is a possibility. And working in Utah's favor, Salt Lake City specifically, is that there's already a rink ready to go. Now, one of their articles I read is that they either would play at, I forget the name of the arena out in Salt Lake City where the, um, Sorry, I was about where the Jazz play, but they can play there or build a new arena somewhere else in Salt Lake City. But like, it, you know, it's certainly possible they could be expanding. Isn't there already a team in the NHL that doesn't have an arena and plays on a college campus that could just, you know, potentially move to Utah instead of expanding the league? They're building a rink, I believe, is the plan down there in the the old the old Coyotes. I believe they're 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 planning to. Yeah, that's kind of a mess. But no, it sounds like the NHL is looking to expand again for some reason. They're going to get even. All right, so I'm going to ask you a question. We're going to go off top, uh, not off topic, off off book here for a minute. If you're the Capitals, you have to protect 10 dudes on this roster right now. Oh, geez. Or was it, what was it? Was it? You can only protect 10 guys. Two. Or was it like seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie, right? Let's do seven, three, and one just to make this easier for both of us or I don't really know which. So I'm protecting this is on the fly. Cause I didn't actually, I should have looked this up earlier since I was actually, I knew earlier today when I saw this, I wanted to ask you this question. So I'll go first. So I give you like a, a chance to kind of look at the roster. So I'm protecting, let's do it. Ovechkin, Wilson, Strom. <laughs> now I'm going, are there seven? 
McMichael, Protus, Ballanston, that's six. Probably Dowd. Yeah, Dowd. That's who I'm protecting. I would expose Kuznetsov. I would expose Oshi because I don't think they're going to take those guys. Did I say Oshi? Ovechkin? No, I didn't. I would expose Mantha. Maybe the, actually, would I protect Anthony Mantha with the intention of wanting to trade him? Let's assume also for this exercise that he signed to a longer deal or something like that. Defenseman Carlson. Ooh, this is tough. Carlson, Favari, and Sandin. I would expose Ethan Bear because I just I want to hang on to those other guys because they're a bit younger. And Charlie Lindgren. Because I don't mind getting out from under that contract with Kemper. All right, your turn. Yeah, I think it's pretty difficult to actually think of seven players I wouldn't mind uh, or I would actually want to keep. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of sad. So, yeah, you got to go O.V. Wilson because Wilson's your next captain. Um, Michael LaPierre, I would protect well, them. LaPierre's not on the roster. OK, so he's he's he, OK. So I could the active roster him. right now. OK. Uh, yeah, so so you got Oshi, uh, not Oshi, Ovi, Wilson, McMichael. Those are the three offensemen I would I would protect. Um, I would protect uh, Fehvari. I would protect Sandine and Ethan Bear. I would protect those three, and then I would. Um, Wait, you're not protecting Carlson? Interesting. No, I'm not. He's I I love I love Captain America, but he's older. He's you know he's only got like maybe what two, three years left in him. He's 34. Yeah. He like just That's... turned 34. He could have six more years in him. He's got two as, more years. As on a his defenseman. Deal. Yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. That's Anyways, I don't know. Yeah. I already know uh, which goal and... you're going to protect. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm protecting Lingren. That, that, that would be my seven. I mean, I don't think anything's going to happen with this thing in Utah. If they do decide to be an expansion team until, if they make an announcement this summer, it's to play in the 2025, 20, 26 season, if anything. So, I, you know, the team will look very different. It might be a lot harder to protect the guys that we want to protect going into that one. Assuming they play by the same rules. Oh, also, what do we think the team name is going to be? Oh, one, so are they going to be Utah or Salt Lake City? Well, yeah, what is Utah known for? Salt Lake City. Yeah, <laughs> they had the Olympics once, right? I was out there this past summer. I mean, I didn't see much of Salt Lake City. I was out in Park City because a buddy of mine got married. On top of a mountain, no joke. It was amazing. Anyways. Um, uh, let's see. Utah is known for the Sundance Film Festival. Oh, that's uh, true. It's known Dinosaur National Monument. So you could go, you know. Been there. It's very cool. You could do like a T-Rex the thing or a theme or a dinosaur Ooh. theme. Oh. Um, they've got well, a lot Toronto of national Toronto Raptors parks. would be kind of like, excuse us. We had that first. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of uh, beehives they're known for as well. No, no, that's dumb. The the Utah bumblebees. There you go. Terrible. Big Cottonwood Canyon. The Utah Cottonwoods. How about that. Terrible. Um, and they're known for Native American history. So I'm guessing you would as go. A Commanders fan, you might want to avoid that. Well, what what would be like a a tribe? A historical tribe that was there. You might be able to to name them after that, like as long as the Native American tribe approves. What is the interesting enough? The University of the Utah Utes have a like a Native American headdress as part of their logo. So I don't know the Mormons. Well, would you go Utah or Salt Lake? 
as the name? Uh, I'd probably I would think Utah because you want to represent everybody, not just like one city. I I have to. How many teams are named after the city versus the state? Now, obviously, like like Pittsburgh and Philadelphia have to be named after their teams, uh, their cities because. There's two teams in this. Although there's the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning, so never mind. My I just argued against my own point. Are there any besides Florida and Arizona that are named after their states? I don't. I don't know. I, I'm looking through it right now. I don't think so. Got Dallas Nashville. No, I think it's just those. Minnesota. That's interesting. Yeah, I think that's it. Huh. As I like, kind of quickly go through. So there's three of them. No, I mean I think it makes sense. You do Utah. Yeah. You know, I feel like that makes a lot of sense. The Utah Mormons. The Utah Snow. <laughs> the, the Utah Blizzard. No, oh, that's dumb. The Blizzard. Uh, Dairy Queen's like, excuse us. Oh, man, I haven't we had have a that... Dairy Queen Blizzard in so long. <laughs> I don't know now if I'm I've hungry. ever. I don't know if I've ever had one to be honest. Oh man, they're so good. They give it, they they turn the cup upside down, show you how like thick the ice cream is. Man, that was the best. Oh, I can f- that hurt. I feel myself getting a brain freeze already. Anyways, <laughs> I think this would be cool. I mean, I I would imagine it would be cool. Um, you know, the the new what are the newest teams in Seattle and Vegas? It clearly has worked out. Yeah, um, both of them. Oh well, no, I'm sorry. One has a Stanley Cup, but one. I mean, Seattle's really one, good right now. Yeah, Seattle's really good right now, but um, their name yeah, the, has grown on me. I'm not as annoyed as I was at first. It's still, it's still just a rum to me. Uh, but yeah, the <laughs> Vegas. I mean, the fact that they got to the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year—that's very impressive. Yeah, and, and I mean, and the league set us. them up to be good, but also like that was very good. But you know, weren't the best team that playoffs. Um. Anyways, into some other news. There are five players from Canada's 2018 World Junior Team that have been asked to surrender to the police in London, Ontario, to face sexual assault charges. Now, this relates to an alleged incident following a Hockey Canada fundraising gala in June of 2018 when the accused players were recognized for winning the World Junior Championships. The London, Ontario police will be holding a press conference on Monday about the situation. Yeah, there's there's a lot of news out there right now about this, uh, but a lot of it is speculation. Um, so this has been a story. I don't know if you've been following this uh, coach or not, but this has been a story that has been around for for almost two years of of what they were what happened uh, in 2018. So this has definitely been a long, long investigation. Um and I'm I'm intrigued to see what the police are going to say on Monday about the situation. But the fact that five players have been asked to surrender, I mean, there's I don't know what evidence they have, but it's obviously something big if they're willing to to tell people that they need to surrender to the police. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a bigger story when more information comes out. That's certainly going to be the case. And finally, we were talking about expansion potentially in the NHL. The ECHL has announced they will be expanding. The 30th member of the league will start play in the 2024-25 season and will be located in Bloomington, Illinois. And the team will be known as the Bloomington Bison. That's a good name. Do, do they do they have bison? 
in Bloomington? I have no idea. Or is it just? I thought we killed all the bison back in the day. Mm. I no, really, I have no idea. I don't know. All right, we will see. What is the Utah state animal? Oh, that's a good point. Why is that not just listed on Wikipedia? I mean, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm I'm looking at Utah.gov right now, and it's taking forever to load. Utah, maybe you should be the Utah slow internet. Well, this is weird. The state bird of Utah is the California seagull. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. Okay. Uh, Let's see. The state crustacean is the brine shrimp. So they could be the Salt Lake shrimps. Utah salt. There you go. The the state fish is the cutthroat trout. Oh, there you go. The Utah... The Utah cutthroat trout. I mean, that's that scares you right there. Just call them the cutthroats. The state folk dance is square dance. The Salt Lake square dance. Oh, the the state fruit is a cherry. The Utah cherry pits. It, Welcome everybody to What the Puck, the podcast about the Utah <laughs> hockey team. The state rock is coal. Salt Lake coal. The coal, huh? Coal miners. Yeah, there you go. These are terrible. Anyways, that's the news for the past week in the NHL and beyond. (laughs) The state firearm. He's still on it. That's a thing. That's a thing, apparently. The John M. Browning designed M1911 automatic pistol. So on that note, (laughs) the Utah John Browning. All right. Well. We, we we all learned something today, I think. I think that's very important information that we all just learned. The Capitals are terrible, and the Utah has a state firearm. So Yikes. now I'm kind of intrigued. Maryland state firearm. Do we have one? No, we have firearm registration. Thank you, Maryland. At least we have that. Yes, at least we have that. All right. Well, hey, Coach Dan, is that the show? I think that's it, buddy. All right. Well, if you guys would like to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. It's real easy. All you have to do is uh, tweet to either one of us on the X. Uh, you can post X, tweet us at Brando Cash. And Coach Dan, where can people tweet X you? What? <laughs> I don't know. I refuse. No. You can find me on Twitter. At WTP Coach Dan, talking all kinds of Capitals-related stuff about how they're just an average team. And it's frustrating, but it is what it is at the moment. All good things come to an end. You could find me on there talking about Arsenal Football Club, the Bills, disappointing end to their season. The Commanders, exciting times right now for Commanders fans. Curious as to who they're going to draft, likely one of Daniels or what's his name? May. I don't know what the guy's name is. I don't care. We'll see what happens. That's finding me on Twitter at WTP coach. Dan. But Hey, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and check us out on Twitter. Not on Twitter. I completely botched that whole thing. <laughs> what the hell is that guy's name? Who are we talking about? The draft. Fucking what's his name? 
draft. Drake May, right? Isn't that the guy's name? Drake May or Jesus, where did this one has that guy go? Jaden Daniels. Wow, that guy hasn't gone all the way to 12. Okay, should I do that? I probably should do that whole bit again. Yeah, why not? You can also find me on there talking about Arsenal Football Club. Hopefully we can get back uh, back in form recently with that 5 nothing win. The 5-0. Uh, We're talking about European football, so it's got to be nil. Uh, last weekend, as well as on there talking about the Bills. Disappointing end to their season. The Commanders, exciting times ahead. Trying to figure out who they're going to draft second or what they're going to do. Are they going to trade back? Probably not because they need a quarterback. That's finding me on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan. But hey, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash whatthepuckpod. It's where we post when new things are coming, new things, new shows are coming out, as well as all sorts of things related to the Washington Capitals, the Hershey Bears, South Carolina Stingrays, the Hershey Cubs. Brandon, did the Cubs just have like their own new team or something you sent me about them? Am I, I, I mistaking I, it? Uh, I don't remember what it was exactly, but we couldn't figure it out ourselves what it meant, so... Uh, There's some going on with the Hershey Cubs right now, but that's finding us on Facebook at facebook.com slash what the puck pod. But Brandon, I was talking about a disappointing end to the Bills season at the hands of the Kansas City Chiefs. If someone happens to be a fan of a certain purple clad team based out of Baltimore that is taking on Taylor Swift's Chiefs on Sunday, I think it is. Uh, is there a certain Sunday at three? Is there a certain podcast they should listen to? That's right. You can listen to my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call. We are still going strong. We uh, got plenty of stuff to talk about. We got new shows coming out and get you ready for the AFC title championship game this weekend. So make sure you subscribe to that show wherever you listen to this show. Now, the Hershey Cubs thing is they are starting up a new USPHL elite program to work in conjunction with and serve as a feeder system for their premier team. So they have a U a United States premier hockey league elite program and a United States premier hockey league premier program. So one of each. So congrats. My head hurts. I know so much to just so much. (laughs) That was a lot and not a lot of information, but you said a lot of words. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, uh, if you would like to uh, talk to us, let us know on X. You can follow us on Facebook as well. Write us an Apple podcast review. Rate us over on Spotify and then tell everybody, say, I'm a Washington Capitals fan. I listen to What the Puck and you should, too. So it's going to be a little weird coming up the next couple weeks, everybody. We have one game to talk about in the next two weeks. On Saturday, January 27th, the Capitals are in Dallas against the Stars. That game is at 2 o'clock, and you can watch that one on Monumental Sports Network 2. And then uh, Coach Dan and I are working on some stuff for next week. Get something special, a special show for everybody. I hope you all, uh, I hope it all comes to fruition and you get to enjoy Maybe it. Maybe a special guest. Potentially. And then next week after that, you're going to have the all-star game and then one more game until we talk again after that one. But we're uh, looking forward to doing something at the end of January, talking about it while the, the caps are on break. But keep subscribing, keep doing a, keep 
following along with us, and we will have new content for you at some point next week. So that is pretty much it for the show this week. Everybody, say it loud, say it proud. Let's go, Caps. This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com.